are for sure now. I am coloring my hair right now, and we are in my office at my house. Well, you're sitting with color on your hair. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm just sitting here covering those grays. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah, this is weird. You look fantastic. But we did not know if we could uh, get a podcast done this week. And well, yesterday was kind of crazy because we oh had to like clean air. F- like Brian went out of town, and then the air wasn't really working. <laughs> and then it was like Alicia was running back and forth getting like air filters. And oh my gosh, it was every time my husband goes out of town somewhere. So he's going up to Prayer Mountain for two days, and he'll get away for about forty eight hours. There's no cell service there. Um, and just pray and seek the Lord. I don't know what it is. He went to Peru years ago, air conditioner broke. Um, then he went to another place, house flooded. Every time he yeah. leaves, something major something goes, seems something goes wrong. to happen. Um, but yesterday it was at the church. It was stuff we had to get fixed in. One of the air conditioners are not kicking on for our um, five to six-year-old room. And so That's I think they were no. dripping sweat because it's, I don't know where you're from, but it's like 110 degrees here. Yeah. And that's um, not an exaggeration. It really legit is no, 110. it is. And I'm like, if you need to ever use the heat as an illustration to get people saved, you can totally do it. Like, uh, yeah. how miserable are you right now? Okay, well, how miserable do you think you'd be in hell? Burn in hell. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to tell somebody to burn in hell. No, I'm saying oh, you would be burning oh, in I hell. I thought you said look at him and say, burn in hell. <laughs> you're done. No, I'm not no. like that. Wow. Okay, we're so sorry. If you're still here. If you're still here. Um, I don't want anyone to burn in hell. <laughs> no, we don't. No. Um, we're just glad that you're listening today. And today's going to be kind of a different one because I was, man, I was like going back and forth because I have so many things I want to talk about. But at the same time, I couldn't think of one, which makes no sense. But um, if you're a busy mom and have a full-time job, you understand what that can feel like in your brain. And Kat yesterday was like, hey, we have talked about doing one that talks about different books that we've enjoyed, that we've liked. And I was like, oh my gosh, so let's do one on kind of just different books that have um, maybe some that have inspired us, some that have challenged us, and some that have just been fun. I don't read, <laughs> are they nonfiction or fictional? You, What's it you, called? you read nonfiction. Yes. I read fiction. Okay. So Let's, I read the spiritual books. You read uh, the. Okay. <laughs> so okay. we'll just see how many out of this list that she's got that I've no. been like, yeah, I oh read gosh. that and I, I told you. I'm to joking. Read it. I'm yes, you read like fifty to hundred books a year. So it's no, fine. no, no. The, I this year I'm trying to read sixty books, but I've never gotten to a hundred yet. I've read okay. forty well, books. I so promise far. you, you will do that one day. So. I know I will. I just have to. <laughs> So, I have to get a lot of money. Do you know how much books cost? <laughs> that is true. It's like for like 10 to $20 per book. And that's a hundred books. Like if anyone starts wanting to like donate to me to, to buy more books, greatly listen, appreciate it. I can't even get our people who listen to review us. No one's buying you any books. No. Last week <sighs> or no, two weeks ago at the end of the episode, I was like, do a review. We're going to give it out a Starbucks gift card. No one did it. No, oh, I wasn't even, I know it's so sad, we just but ate it. we ate I the Starbucks it. card. We yeah. Yeah. We're not even, we're, no one's getting it. No, one's um, getting it. no, I just keep waiting for a new review and I was going to give it to that person, no. but it hasn't happened yet. Um, so why don't you kick us off on, so we'll start with 
fiction. Not fiction. Okay, just joking. We're gonna start with fiction books. I promise you, I graduated. So go ahead, get it's us. It's fine. You keep you keep throwing me for a loop because I'm like, right? Am I right? What is? What do I, I read? It's the look on my face because you're like, are you right? Um, no. So some of my like I read all types of genres. So I kind of broke it down between like one or two books in each genre. So we're gonna start with fantasy because I like two three years ago I really got into fantasy and most fantasy I don't like because it's so like oh my gosh it's just too much and like I tried reading Lord of the Rings I love the movies I do not like the books I got like halfway through book two and I was like this is awful I saw you out in the hammock reading a book that looked like it was a thousand pages no that was a thousand pages and that wasn't Lord of the Rings that was probably Way of Kings that was a series that I've been reading anyways Brandon Sanderson has just taken over my life and (laughs) uh, he is like the king of fantasy right now in my opinion he's he's got some great books um, if you're wanting a good series, which a lot of people are like, if you've read Harry Potter, you'll like this. And I'm just like, if you like anything, you'll like this. Like it's the magic system's great. The characters have great character arcs. I feel like everybody, there's a lot of like really great plot twists in there that you don't see coming that I was like thrown. Like, I feel like the plot twist is just like the biggest part of the book and you don't get that until like towards the end. So you're like, Oh my gosh. Um, but it's the Mistborn series by Brandon Sanderson. And I'm just telling you guys, like, if you're like, I don't know if I could get in fantasy, just read one, just read the first book. And if you're not already hooked by that, I don't know what to tell you. Maybe you don't like fantasy. That's fine. But I just feel like it's great. (laughs) Um, another one that I would be like, okay, if you want, let me pause for if we have any, like, um, Christians that were like, I do not do that. Um, <laughs> let me, let me just preface something. So if we can read CS Lewis, Narnia, which that is also, all of that is fantasy. Mm-hmm. So we are not, you know, understand this is not witchcraft. Right. So I think it's understanding, like, I remember being in England, sitting in the restaurant, the Eagle and the child where Tolkien and CS Lewis used to sit together and talk and saw the seat where, you know, the table they used to sit at and just thinking about how powerful the way there's so the relationship was the friendship. Um, there's a movie that just got, um, released about CS Lewis that I cannot wait to watch. I just saw the trailer about it and I'm super excited about it. Um, but, so we are categorizing Narnia would also be that. So oh, yeah. just, I just want to, And wanted, I feel like, you know, I'll preface this too, because I feel like people, like, I don't know if people understand the power of books. And I feel like, yes, there are some books that I've been like, you know what? I should never go back to that author there again. Yep. There is a little darkness in them that I'm you not a big fan Holy of. You allow Holy Spirit. Yes. Right. You allow Holy Spirit to. In all things. In everything. <laughs> in books especially, because I'm a very, like, I'm a visualizer. And so when I read it, I can visualize it. So I have to be very careful about the kind of books I read. So just know that these are all books that I'm recommending that are good that are real good um but I feel like a lot of times we we can just like sit and we can binge watch shows all day long and it's not really putting a lot in us there's something about the written work that I feel like someone has taken hours upon hours to write this and years sometimes to like be able to publish it. They put so much work, so much dedication into it that there, there's so much that we can get out of it. And I'm just constantly inspired by books. I'll read one sentence and then my brain goes off in a million different directions of like, Oh, that'd be really cool if it went this way or that way or whatever. So I feel like it's a, it's a way not really to escape, but to like kind of open up your imagination to kind of really open up that creative side of you, which I will argue that everyone's creative. We're just all creative in different ways. 
And I always get this, like, people are like, I don't have time to read it. I'm always like, let me see your, your screen time. Right. I say that to everybody. I'm like, let me see your screen time and see how much you're on TikTok or on Instagram. Yeah. And I'll find you the three hours yep. I found it where you could be reading. So I just, I mean, I have a challenge this year to read, um, what was it? 60, 60. 60 books. Um, I'm 40 in it right now. And I, I just, I love challenges like that. But if you're the type of person that's like, I don't want to do that, then that's fine. Just pick up one book and just try. Yes. So in these categories, you might find something that's like that vaguely sounds interesting. And we'll put all these books in the show notes. So just look it up, go on Amazon, see if you, if it sounds something that you like, um, and just go with that. But anyways, in the, (laughs) off that tangent, um, in a standalone, if you're like, I don't want to get into a series, this one, I, I want to say it's more based in like magical realism, which is like, it's like a Harry Potter situation where there is like real life going on, but there's Mm -hmm. a magical element. That's what magical realism means. Um, and this one is 10,000 doors of January by Alex Harrow. Oh my gosh. I don't think I've cried so much in a book. Like this (laughs) one has such like a beautiful, like love story in it too, that kind of like started unfolding like several different ones where you're just like, why am I crying all time the words are just written beautifully like I can't tell you how her writing style is just perfection and then the plot twist too was just took me for a loop but like everything about it was just so inspiring I just loved it but I'll let you yeah go on with one of your recommendations one of my spiritual books spiritual. Um, (laughs) one of my favorite books of all time is the forgotten god reversing our tragic neglect of the holy spirit by Francis Chan oh I don't think I've read that one are you serious Okay, I mean, when you talk about understanding Holy Spirit and seeing Holy Spirit as, you know, I think at, at the church sometimes it's like the Holy Spirit, but we don't call him the God and the Jesus. Um, <laughs> Holy Spirit is a standalone on his own um, left here. I mean, Jesus literally says out of his mouth, I must go so he can come. Yeah. Um, that And it's better for me to go so he can come because Jesus could be at one place at one time. Holy Spirit could be in all places at all times. So there was something powerful about that. Um, Francis Chan, you know, any, honestly, any book he writes, I feel like is really incredible. Um, but he also has another one that is letters to the church. Um, and kind of like how we have forgotten our first love and what that looks like. So he really calls out a lot of stuff. And, you know, I really like him because he's real and he walked away from trying to be known, um, really to focus on making Jesus known. And I just love that. Um, but you know, one of his quotes that I think a couple episodes ago that I was talking about that one of the scariest places our generation is in is the, the value of our own thoughts. Yeah. (laughs) That was so good. When God says that my ways and my thoughts are higher than yours. And yet we put so much value on our own thoughts and really our thoughts aren't truthful. And that's what we talked about. Um, if you're looking for maybe some leadership ones, I will tell you one that we, uh, did as a leadership team that I thought was super powerful was sticky teams. Um, and it, uh, you know, so depending on what, where you're at, cause we have listeners that, you know, work in church world, don't work in church world, um, that are stay at home moms or work a full time job that are moms that are dads in the business world or men that are in ministry or serving in some capacity. I feel like sticky teams, you can literally use it anywhere, even at home with your own children. <laughs> cause it's like, you can <laughs> know what am I working with here? What is happening? Um, and really it's about making, 
things stick that need to, especially values and culture and things that need to stick. And I feel like even as a household, you know, something me and my husband did, um, and that we continue to do our marriage retreats once a year, but this year we were very intentional in writing like, okay, this is our mission statement for our family. And Jimmy Evans does have a book on the marriage retreats. It's also, it's actually called marriage retreat. Um, and it's by Jim and, uh, Jimmy and, um, what is Karen Evans? Wow. My mind went blank. Um, and it's really powerful. And they also have a guidebook that they just, I think they just released on Amazon cause it was the first time we actually had it. And it took us through those things. Um, another one of my favorite books was, and I actually listened to this one through audible, um, was when narcissism comes to church. It's extremely eye opening. Oh, that one was crazy. Yes. That because so I don't good. think sometimes you can realize um, narcissistic leadership, but it also, what I like for it is when you are in leadership positions, you are prone to be narcissistic, even yeah. if you don't think you are, because yeah. well, I was talking, like everyone has narcissistic like tendencies, yes. not everyone's yes. a narcissist. Exactly. So like and so you that. have to kind of, so for me, it was more of, okay, as we grow as pastors or our influence grows, do we make sure we're never doing these things? You know, somebody was asking somebody, um, a few weeks ago in some kind of poll, is it wrong that I brought my pastor, you know, that we honor our pastor? And he said, not at all, but how does he react if you got his coffee wrong? Oh. (laughs) And so what he was really trying to say was you would really know, not that he's encouraging all these people to go and test their pastors. That's not what he was saying. (laughs) Everyone come to the church and bring Alicia. Yeah. (laughs) What kind of coffee? Triple tall Americano with steamed heavy cream. You have to mess it up. Okay. Make it really watery. Yeah. They do that. A tall Americano with extra water and no heavy (laughs) cream. And I would be, yeah, I would just be like, but I would smile and say, thank you. Like, that's what I feel like. Because the thought to me would mean so much. What he's saying is, is when narcissism has actually taken over, over inside of you, what happens is, is that everybody is there to serve you. And when we look biblically speaking, Jesus said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. Now, is it okay to honor? Yeah. I've honored those in leadership and, and I've honored people to a fault. I've honored people probably when I probably should have started questioning why I was honoring them to that degree. Um, I don't, we don't, you know, as pastors, we don't go around and demand honor. I want to earn people's honor. Um, but I also do that through being authentic and genuine and real. Um, yeah. Are there times we have to have conversations with our staff? I work with two of my sisters. So familiarity can be a big thing (laughs) Two of the other people that are part-time staff are some of my best friends. So familiarity can happen, but there's a way to come about it. And, and most of the time, honestly, I don't think I've ever had to deal with it. You guys have come to me, you know what I mean? And so narcissism, when narcissism comes to church, what it really did was eye opening to make sure, you know, whatever kind of leadership, maybe you run a CEO, you know, maybe you are a CEO and of a business, or maybe that you oversee something, making sure as your influence grows, as you grow, are you changing the demand that you're putting on people and how they should treat you yeah, really based good. on your growth? Yeah. So would I act, okay, so when our church was 60 members, do I still act the same now that it's over 500? Yeah. If I have shifted on how I acted, that means something is shifted to me. And that was something I was talking to a pastor friend of mine on the phone the other day. And we were talking about, we, you know, our parents were both in ministry and it was like, we would see different ministers when we were younger be honored. And I remember kind of putting that on a pedestal to be like, I hope 
that happens for me one day. I hope people serve me like that. It was almost glorified to chase that. And I think that's what happened with a lot of people is they have been looking to get into that celebrity type of culture where, you know, I'm viewed as this and the importance of being known. And I remember dealing with that a couple of years ago of just the desire of wanting to be known. I had words spoken over me because of leading worship at a young age and because of just, it's come natural to me. So I think people saw that gift and thought, oh man, you're going to be used in conferences and you're going to be doing this and this. And a lot of those things never took place. And it was like, but I think the motive was to be known. And it was like when God just spoke to me one day and said, heaven knows your name. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's, and it was like, he just, it was like this moment was a small vision just for me. I remember him saying that to me and really not giving me anything else. I don't know if you guys are like that, but God does that to me all the time. Yep. And I was leading worship and I've, I've had this happen probably only two or three times to me in the history of me leading worship where all of a sudden I'm like leading and there's just a moment and it's like, I just see a glimpse of heaven. And as funny as this sounds, I saw two angels talking to each other and they all of a sudden said, oh, Alicia's leading. Let's go watch. And I just heard God said again, heaven knows you. And it was like, that should matter to me more than yeah, being known yeah. in Instagram world or in the United States as some, you yeah. know, prolific worship leader. So I don't know. It was just really, the whole book was just eye opening and a lot of different things. And, um, and if you've been underneath narcissistic, narcissistic leadership. Cause I mean, we have a lot of people that come in from church hurt and we can hear their stories and I'm like, yep, that's what happened to you. It's really helpful to realize you're not the only one. And there's a lot of them out yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. It made me feel like, okay, I wasn't an idiot for being under this. Like, no, cause no. that's why we were under that kind of leadership in the beginning. So it was like, okay, they're, they're they explain everything yes. so well. Yes. I feel like. Another one is, of course, emotionally healthy spirituality. Yes. We've already mentioned that one a hundred times, but I'm rereading Ooh. that. So I just got through the first chapter. I'm going through uh, through it with a friend of mine. And so we were just diving in. And it's so funny, the first chapter, you feel like there's no resolve. It's just yeah. like, here's all your issues. Yeah. <laughs> and here's how you, how you deal with stuff. But it... Again, if you just please take the time to do that book. Yeah, it's so good. And that, that that one is the one I always say, like, changed my life where I oh, was yeah. like, okay, everyone needs to read that. And I'm, I'm taking it through, uh, me and uh, my friend Jen are taking it through a whole group too right now. So yep. I'm like so excited That's about so that. Um, so if you like murder and suspense, what's, what's suspense? Okay. Suspense. Suspense. Um, if you like murder and suspense, this, these authors are some of the best of the best. Me the and Alicia. You, the way you say that, if you like murder, like if you like murder <laughs> mystery, you know, like a, like if a you good. you like people dying. Yes. No. This Which actually, I'm saying people would freak out, but I'm like, you've watched uh, Murder, She Wrote and Perry Mason. Actually, so she, I think this would just be down. considered thriller. I don't know if anyone dies. Okay. Well, there you go. We'll just call it. I can't remember. Um, we'll just call it Thriller. That's the great okay. thing about books and me. There I'm not go. gonna remember some okay. things. That's why I have to talk about them a lot because I'm like, Ugh. I love it. Um, but me and Alicia are a big fan of Alfred Hitchcock. If you don't know who that is, he was a huge director in like the 50s and 60s. He's the one who's um, the birds. The birds. He did Psycho, which I don't like any of those. I don't. Like I that like one. Rear Window. Yes. I like Rope. Yeah, I don't like Psycho. So no. I've actually never watched that through. But Rear Window, one of my absolute yes. favorite movies. Because Alfred Hitchcock, what he does is like he slowly builds suspense. It's not like nowadays actions oh. like in your face. Blah, blah, yes. blah. It's just so much. And he does this like subtle stuff with cinematography and he does subtle things with dialogue and the shots, how they're set up where you're just like, you're on the edge of your seat and you're like, nothing is happening, but right? it is like, <laughs> it is just, Oh, and dial M for murder. Yep. That, one's that one is amazing. so good. Yeah. Um, 
But anyway, so these authors, I feel like, go into that category of, like, if Alfred Hitchcock was still alive and he wrote, this would be how he wrote. Um, but The Wife Between Us was one of my favorite books. And the what really got me was, like, the tagline for this book was, like, like the description. If you go on, like, Amazon, it's so vague because it's, like, you're you're going to think that you're reading a book about um, an ex-wife who's now jealous about her husband's No, I, new- pause. I saw you order that book. Do you yeah. not remember me yeah. coming to you? You, and I was like, You're like what uh, is this we book? don't read books about affairs and stuff like that. You're like, I need you to calm down. I was like, it's not at all. <laughs> but I remember yes. seeing that and I was so. Because the I cover was, trips you. Oh, I I'm was telling very you, they literally say in the book, <laughs> they say in the book, you go, you're going to think you know what this book is about. Assume, like you can't assume anything. Yeah. And two of my friends and one of them being my sister, Stephanie, they can literally call a book as soon as they start reading it. They, till the end, they could not figure it out. But that's why out. I'm buffering. I don't want people to. Think right. you are advertised because right. I'm like, no, no, you you have no clue. Yes, if you know me, you know I do not read those yes. kind of books. No. But if you don't, just trust me with this. <laughs> the Wife Between Us, and then the newer, and that's by uh, Greer Hendricks, and then the newer one she just came out, The Therapist. That one threw me for a loop. That one was insanity. But read The Wife Between Us first. Now. Also in suspense and thriller, this one was the most heart-raising book I've ever read. This is The Breakdown by B.A. Paris. Me, my sister Stephanie, and a few of my friends have been obsessed with her since this book. And we just, every time she comes out with a new book, we're like just eating it up. This this one, though, tops it. Like, I'm like, if you want the best suspense where you are just like, barely anything is happening, but everything is happening and you cannot figure anything out. <laughs> like, this woman is pretty much like thinking that she goes crazy. She has like, her mom, I think think was like um she kind of went crazy like towards the end of her life or something like that so she's like it's this genetic because she's ordering a baby pram but she's not pregnant all these things keep happening to her and she's like i don't understand what's happening so it's like the breakdown i'm telling you is insanity and it is so good you've just got to read that so the wife between us the therapist by greer hendrix or the breakdown by ba paris so good all right, and now I'm going to hit on one for families because we yeah. got a lot of parents that listen. Take Back Your Family by Jefferson Bethke. I keep hearing great things about that one. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's, like, convicting. It's, like, incredible. And he lives this life that he, you know, puts on there. But it's almost, like, I, I think statistically it's it's so sad the amount of times that families actually spend together. You know, back in the olden days, people <laughs> always ate meals together and everything like that. And now it's, like you know, not at a table around a TV and all those kind of stuff. So that is one for families that is unbelievable. So I would totally encourage you to read that. Um, back to Peter Cazero. I did want to say this. There is what? It's Cazero. Whatever. (laughs) There are two other books that I love of his, the emotionally healthy leader, um, and the emotionally healthy woman. So there's some different ones that are amazing. The the emotionally healthy woman was written by his wife. So it's like a really cool perspective. It's so good. It's her her story. It's amazing. We did an eight week online Facebook live study on it, which was incredible. Also, if you are homeschool parents, the call of the wild and free by Ainsley Arment is amazing. So good. Another, I, sorry, there's just so many <laughs> relational like, intelligence. You've heard us in other podcasts oh talk gosh, about by that Darius by Darius Daniels. Daniels. Yes. Um, so good. The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. Phenomenal. To Hell with the Hustle by Jefferson, Jefferson Bethke. Unbelievable. Um, Leadership Pain by Samuel Chan. If you in any way um, are in ministry and in leadership, that will be incredible. Um, 
and I did want to mention when I said sticky teams, that was by Larry Osborne was who, um, that was by, okay. So let me talk devotionals real quick. Oh yeah. Um, there's two that I would recommend. We know new morning mercies by Paul Tripp. The other one is a life of miracles. It's actually a 365 day guide to prayer and miracles. And it's by Bill Johnson. Oh, incredible side note. Bill Johnson last week, his wife died on Friday. He preached a message at Bethel on Sunday. It is by far one of the most powerful messages I've ever heard on, on death, on grief, on there are days that you are in the valley of the shadow of death, but he, he hones in on you only have that one moment to grab a hold of the presence of God in that moment. You'll never get that moment again. And the way he breaks it down, incredible. And the fact that that man can preach three days later, I have mad respect for him. Wow. Yeah. I, I still haven't listened to it yet, but I'm okay, like saving you have it. To, like, it's so good. To. Um, so if you are into science fiction, which I am not, <laughs> I, there's only like the whole, like when we get into like the Marvel universe and they start going into time jumps and all You're these done. alternate universe, I'm like, I'm out. I don't understand. Time jumps make me very confused. Like time traveling. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't understand. My brain can't logically wrap around it. Um, so this one is live science fiction where you can wrap your head around but it's also like a nod to Agatha Christie which she is like the queen of whodunits like she writes all these great she wrote she's she's not alive um she wrote all (laughs) these great um murder mystery whodunits um but this is the seven and a half deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle by Stuart Turton oh my gosh like I keep telling everyone to keep reading this book and it is amazing it's pretty much about a guy who keeps waking up on the same day but in a different body and he has to figure out who killed Evelyn Hardcastle but he doesn't know why he's there he doesn't know why this <laughs> keeps happening to him so it's like the murder of why he, the, the 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 mystery of why he's there and the mystery of the murder are like two things that are like battling it out where you're like I just have to figure out what happens it. it is a little bit on the slower side I know sometimes it takes people a little while to get into it but once you get into it Oh my gosh. Now dystopian though, hunger games wins. Like if you thought the movies were great, the books were even better. And Suzanne Collins just did a number where she came out with a prequel, which will be made into a movie, which I am so excited for. Um, But it's the ballad of songbirds and snakes. And it's pretty much like how the hunger games got started. And I thought, I was like, okay, like this probably is not going to be good as the hunger Games." So I went in with low expectations. No, just they, they can go up high because you already read it. Yes. It's already been out. I tried to give it to you that one time and you're like, I'm going to read it. And then it was in your room for like weeks. And then Tina was like, I want to read it. So they gave it to Tina and she never read it. So then I took it back home. Oh, so it's downstairs. Okay. So if you ever want to okay, read it yes. and actually okay. read it, it's amazing okay. <laughs> because it goes, um, it goes like the backstory of president snow. Oh, okay. So yeah. if you don't know who that okay. is, once you read the book, yes, but I would understand. definitely recommend reading the hunger games first and then reading the prequel because you will appreciate the prequel so much more because it just mentions so many things that you're like, Oh my gosh. So, you're hilarious. Yeah. You have any more? Yeah. Um, this is an oldie but a good good one. Uh, this is one of our dad's favorite books, and it was Healing the Sick by T.L. Osborne. Um, and I'm telling you what, you want to talk about a man that lived a life full of miracles. That man did. And so much of dad's stuff came from that. Also, Sparkling Gems from the Greek by Rick uh, Rayner. Sure. Yes. 
Yeah. It sounds familiar. Yes. yes. I, that's like more of like a study. Like if you it want is. to like dig yes. in more to it's the Bible. So it's so good like, because there are, it's kind of like when a preacher gets up and says, you've read this scripture, but the Greek translating this and all of a sudden the scripture means something totally it's a different. sparkling gem. It is. It's a sparkling gem where all of a sudden you're like, what? what? I didn't know this was here. This is awesome. Um, and I found another one that I totally forgot about um, by Bill Johnson, but the supernatural power of a transformed mind. Cool. And access to a life of miracles, amazing. Um, Lisa Bevere, Girls with Swords, How to Carry Your Cross Like a Hero, was one of my favorite books she ever read that I absolutely loved. The other two by Francis Chan, Erasing Hell, was amazing and Crazy Love. That was his first one, which was his whole premise was being overwhelmed by the love of a relentless God, and it's it's so good. But anything Francis Chan writes, Apparently, I think, yeah. is amazing. Um, if you want stuff for your body, um, and just, that's really, really good. I love, um, Dr. Rubin. We also, we had a friend of ours that actually sat underneath him and, um, still is seeing him to help his body get healthier, but it's the maker's diet. And it's just kind of talking about, but it's more of understanding food and its value. And I feel like it's a lot healthier take than a lot of this stuff out there that can just get you stuck in a dark hole <laughs> that you don't want to be in marriage marriage book love and respect for a lifetime incredible um my, my sacred marriage another one of my favorite books when it comes to marriage man there's just so many great books and I just those were just a few that I had to just grab and say yeah. these are so good but I'm going to tell you old school old school Fox's book of martyrs I read that back when man Jesus freak had just come out with their book what? Do you remember yes. Jesus Freak? Yes. I like after I read oh, that yeah. book, I came to my mom and I was like, I'm gonna die for Jesus. And yes. she was like, I mean, I don't I was like, I'm going to. <laughs> yeah, like, because it I'm did. Ready. It just spurred on that yes, stuff. It was and so good. There's something about that book that just awakens you to the things, you know, we think we're suffering for Christ. And then, you know, I'll hear a story. I heard a story about a missionary man, his wife and two kids were in a room. And the guy was standing there and he said, I want you to denounce Christ or I'm going to kill your wife. And his wife looked at him and said, I'll see you in heaven because she knew there was no way. And it was like, started thinking about my two girls. And what if I was in a situation that was like, deny Christ or I'm killing them. And it's like above all things, you know, and, and you choose Christ, but to have to be put in that situation. And so we think we're suffering because, you know, our house wasn't as big as we wanted it, or we didn't have the nicer car. And it's like, I think it puts things in perspective. It does. And that book just kind of awakens you to the fact of what suffering really is. And knowing at some point there are going to be decisions you're going to have to make that maybe seem, um, more difficult than you ever thought. But, you know, I just, I think that's why reading certain books and encouraging yourself and, you know, and I love what you said, even with sometimes, you know, we'll waste so much time watching a show and yes, you're mentioning books that, you know, you could, people could say, well, they're not spiritual, but I've watched you because of reading so much, (laughs) the way that your brain works, the creativity that you have when it comes to being our creative director, what God is doing in you when it comes to so many different things. I think a lot of that was spurred on because you were always such an avid reader and you just allowed just, I mean, God gave us an imagination. He gave us all these things and you always, you know, you're, I feel like sometimes you're, you, you're sometimes like a pastor too, where you'll see the spiritual element of oh, something that yes. they weren't meaning to, but right. you're like, this is like this oh, and this, well, and because which is awesome. can be like going back to like God and the devil, pretty much anything that's like evil or good, especially with right. fantasy. I yes. see it all the time right. where I'm like, 
Yes. Wow, like <laughs> one of the Mistborn series. I was like, this is how Jesus must have felt. Like it was that's just awesome. wild. Yes, like, yes. But that's the thing is like it is showing books show you a different perspective that you would not have seen. Right. And so, I mean, if you think about it, like back in Nazi Germany, they were trying to burn books because they were like, we don't want you to see certain perspectives. Right. And so it's like books are very, very important They're to powerful. see things that you may never have seen. And yep. again, like there's just something about reading it, which it's funny as we go to this nonfiction. Um, the Splendid and the Vile by Eric Larson was all about um, uh, Winston Churchill during the Blitz in London mm-hmm. when he was prime minister. And I read that during 2020 when everything was, when we were having our own Blitz, but um, with COVID and everything. But I remember thinking to myself, man, as a society, we have been through so much, like at, just at, in a whole, that we can get through anything. Like these people were going to bed at night being like, should we sleep um, in the attic where if the bomb drops on us, we might be able to just like fall down and we might not die or should we sleep in the basement but we might be buried alive like that's literally what they went through because london was being bombed at that time by the germans so it was like seeing a different perspective and eric larson is so good at biographies because they don't feel like boring biographies he brings letters and telegrams and so much history into it that it's such a well-written book but it's not like facts 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 i can't do that i love that so the splint in the vial is so good and in the garden of the beast which is about um a american prime minister william dodd in 1933 when he was living in germany when uh hitler was kind of on the rise and you like we all think to ourselves we're like how did hitler get power and like deceive so many people (laughs) this book showed me so much of just how little things were just ignored which i feel like that's what eric larson does is just kind of show you the little things that's like this is what led up to this but it is so good. And I love him. Like anything I've read, I've read Dead Wake by Eric Larson. Um, did I already say? Yeah. In the Garden of the Beast mm-hmm. and Split in the Vial. Such good books. He just can't write, write anything that I don't like. Do you have anything else? Or? No. Okay. I've got, I've got like two. Yeah. I've got two yeah. more. So on this page of historical fiction, I've read a lot and a lot of them are just... I don't like like romanticizing war because I'm just like, it shouldn't be romanticized. It was a horrible thing that happened. So a lot of you go to Barnes and Noble and they're just like backs of women with the Eiffel tower behind them. Those kind of books I don't reach for. I don't like, they're all the same. They're all like, I don't know. I just don't like them. But um, so the some, Pearl Harbor movie, not your favorite. No, I was <laughs> like, awful. this is so. Yeah, okay. I know. But. A great historical fiction one would be um, All Quiet on the Western Front, which was written by a, a German shul- soldier. Shoulder. You know, I spell it shoulder sometimes, I know too. You do. It's, it's really bad. Um, <laughs> a German soldier. Um, um, he was on the front in Germany and he wrote this book that is just a heart. Oh my gosh. I can't tell you how sad it is, but then also how eye opening it is for war and how meaningless like world war one was and like literally no one knew what they were fighting for. And it's just really sad, but it was so eye opening, and I loved it. Um, and that was by, um, Eric remark. And then the book thief is beautiful. That oh, one yeah. is amazing. Oh, I'm saying, Oh yeah. Cause I saw the movie. Yes. The, and the <laughs> book was even better. Like okay. I thought they did so, so good with the movie, but the book thief by Marcus Zusak is, Oh my gosh. <laughs> like it is a chunky book. I'm telling you, but it is the greatest part of the book thief was it was written in the perspective of death. So it opens up and death is like pretty much taking this girl's brother and he sees, um, and he 
sees her and then he remembers her and then he kind of travels with her throughout her life. So you're just like, yeah. this is so cool. Death is following her and it's just like waiting for her. And it's like, it's during World War II and she lives in this small town and everything and all this stuff keeps happening to her, but she's young. And so it's like, she's got her whole life ahead of her and it's like these early friendships she has, but then they're also trying to hide a Jew. So it's this whole thing, but it is one of the most beautiful books I've ever read. And the whole thing about death, I'm like, I love it. I just think that was so cool. <laughs> Classic literature is my last one. All right. And then I'm done. But, um, and I did thin ones because I'm not going to tell you to read Moonstone by Do Wilkie you know Collins. when I used to go to the library when, um, I think I was in eighth and ninth grade homeschool, I would go to all the classic poetry books and I'd rent them out. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know you. I love poetry. Yeah. And I would just read it oh. and stand in my room. I don't know if I was practicing, I don't know what I was practicing <laughs> for, but for some reason I loved the old looking books that had poetry in them. But yeah, go ahead. I love poetry so much. I have like a whole shelf of just like poetry. Um, but so like if you're wanting like a thick one, you're like, I want to like push myself. Bleak House by Charles Dickens and then Moonstone by Wilkie Collins are some really good like 800 page ones where you're just like, you're <laughs> it's great though because Moonstone is like yeah, a murder mystery too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but thin ones. So we got okay. little thin ones. Yeah, go ahead. Hard times by charles dickens is okay. so good okay. oh my gosh i cried in that one and then i would say persuasion's pretty good they came out with a movie i haven't seen it yet everyone's like saying it's awful because it's not it's not gonna be historically yeah. accurate at all no. like you could just see dakota johnson's hair and you're like no that's not how anybody looked right then. <laughs> um but i do like persuasion and that's a thinner one and then pride and prejudice mm, I like it's like you're watching the movie over and over again when you read the book and it's just beautiful (laughs) and that is literally my favorite movie of all times is Pride and Prejudice it is amazing so those those are my book recommendations I have so much more follow me on Instagram because there's just too much that I've got yeah she does no and the biggest miracle of of today is the fact that my one-year-old stayed sleeping yeah. and my six-year-old stayed in her room. Yeah. And the dogs didn't bark. The dog, dogs didn't bark. There were so the many UPS things. The UPS man hasn't come where the dogs could bark. Like, <laughs> there are so, so many hurdles that we came Because you know, every time you have a plan, oh, it's yeah. like your child that usually naps for two and a half, three hours, like wakes up. No, no it's been beautiful. She's, she's been Well, out. this has been fun. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. I know, you know, in your mind, you know. If, if some of y'all don't here, like books, you're just like, wow. Yeah, whatever, didn't just but, skip through you know, this one. Yeah. It's fine. We'll have something, you know, for you next week. So don't worry about it. But I hope you enjoyed today. Yeah, and, you, you know, a grab new, a book and find a new favorite. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. <laughs> you usually end with your best. Yeah. I went blank. I'm not going to lie right <laughs> you there. You didn't remember what it was? Because I was going to do a pun and do your best book is ahead. Okay. But then I couldn't get it. So here we go. Your best days are ahead. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast today, I'd love for you to rate it, review it, or hey, even subscribe. Thanks so much for listening.